I think for all of us as mentors to remember that people aren't always going to remember what we say, but they're always going to remember how we made them feel. Hey everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood Podcast is all about investing in every girl from every generation to live intentionally, lead confidently, and love generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Hey everyone, we're back for part two of our conversation about building intentional community. I'm here with my dear friends, Chandra Rabenacker, Nicole Macheri, and Pastor Lisa Duval. Last week, we talked about the epidemic of loneliness, the value of life-giving community, and how we can be intentional to pursue it. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that podcast, make sure you go back and tune in. Well, today we are continuing our conversation by talking about some practical ways that we can surround ourselves with people who can help us grow and flourish. So let's lean in. You know, when I think about just when we're talking about the obstacles that we have to overcome to pursue relationships and to be an intentional community, we do have to fight for it, right? And it really is a spiritual battle because we say all the time that the only the only battle that you can't win is the one that you try to fight on your own. Mm. And this is the value of community that that we need to fight with each other, fight for each other, and not fight against each other, right? Mm, and I think one of the ways that that we can fight for each other, and I see each one of you doing this in such a big way is is really again as all of us are a little bit a little bit older you're you're young Nicole you're still pretty young <laughs> but we have a generation that's coming mm-hmm. up behind us right mm-hmm. that is seeking to be led right they they're looking for women examples like you who are running their race who are killing it in the workplace. I think that part of fighting for relationships is learning how to fight for each other, right? Right. Fight for the next generation Mm -hmm. instead of fighting with each other. This is such an important of being intentional in community. And one of the things that I've seen all three of you do so beautifully is, is fight for the next generation and setting a pace for them and giving, giving yourselves to, to be able to share what, God's already shown you with the people coming behind you. And when I say next generation, it might be younger people, but it might also just be people that are women and and guys that are younger in the faith. And so, you know, mentoring is just sometimes a a, a word in the church, mentoring, coaching, that feels like a really high bar. And a lot of times as women, we don't always feel comfortable stepping into that mentoring, coaching role because we we feel like we still have so much to learn ourselves but but this has been this is such an important part of the relationships that we're a part of. I mean scripture talks about it a lot that we look to the wise, right? If we're going to walk with the wise, who are the wise people? It's the wise people that are, that are those that have gone before us. And so I want to talk a little bit uh, just about mentoring and coaching and I would love to hear from each of you just how, you know, how mentoring relationships or coaching relationships have shaped who you are today. And, and maybe how you've actually been a part of maybe shaping others along the way. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I have been really privileged to have a lot of really good bosses and mentors in my life. Um, and I like to kind of think of it now when I'm mentoring others, I think about paying it forward. Give others what the previous people before me has given me. And being at Chick-fil-A operator at Chick-fil-A Inc., 
they have always invested heavily on the people side of the business, so much that I tell my staff that we're in we're not in the chicken business, we're in the people business. Right. And mm-hmm. I actually like to think that of us as a leadership development company. I've also been a true student of learning, so I like to watch people and I like to steal things that I admire about them. <laughs> and then I like to apply it to my own life. I love that. I also like to surround myself with like minded leaders and people within Chick-fil-A and without Chick-fil-A. I like to study different business models, different different people to figure out how I can apply that to my business or my life and how can I continue to get better. And I have this philosophy that you can learn from anyone. Mm-hmm. And I choose to have certain relationships that will help me continue to grow spiritually and mentally and physically and emotionally. And then the second question that you asked about feedback and accountability and how we mentor others, we call it at Chick-fil-A constructive criticism. Mm. And I think it's really important to help other people and be a truth teller to their life to help them reach their goals. I think accountability for me personally is kind of who I am. I'm a truth teller at heart. Mm -hmm. And I like to tell people that I like to help you reach that next level. And so I'm going to be honest with you and I'm going to show my honesty by telling you maybe flaws that might not be good, but also show you that I care about you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the other side that sometimes when we tell the truth about people and help mentoring them is that there's a care side that we want them to get better. We want them to reach their goals. And so, but the first thing I do before I start to mentor anybody else is I kind of do a self-reflection and hold myself accountable. I want to make sure that I am honest with myself and I want to make sure that I am being the the things that I'm telling other people to do that I'm actually practicing in my own life. Mm-hmm. I live by saying someone told me a long time ago, if you can't put it on the front page of a newspaper, then you shouldn't, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. And maybe in today's age, if you can't put it on Instagram or you yeah. can't put it on a reel, then maybe should it be something that you should mm-hmm. be doing? And so self-accountability, I think, is just as important and that we stay healthy within our relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think um, relationships just work better Mm -hmm. when people are healthy. Yeah. And so I think coming alongside of someone and mentoring them and helping them get to that next level is kind of um, what I do, who I am, and what I can see me doing for the future beyond Chick-fil-A is just really loving on people and helping them reach that next level in life. I've actually heard Dan Cathy say, Something like this. I'm not sure if I'll get the quote quite right, but but he says that that Chick-fil-A is actually a leadership development organization yes. disguised as a chicken restaurant. Right. You know, yeah. so I'm not sure if that's exactly but that's very yep. it's, you know, but and it's so true because one of the things that I am so impressed with every single time I go to Chick-fil-A is how incredible the teenagers that work at Chick-fil-A do their job. I mean, it is my pleasure. It is how can I help you? Mm. It is, I mean, just, and there's there's tons of them, right? So the whole place looks like it's being run by, by a group of, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-olds. And to see them really take pride in their work and really step mm-hmm. up and do such an incredible job with excellence is so inspiring and speaks to the culture of Chick-fil-A, which I have studied, you know, upside down and backwards because I just believe so, um, so passionately about it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, Nicole, you have really made yourself available as an owner operator. You have made yourself available to all these kids that I was just talking about. 
And some of them are actually on our staff today at our church. Some of your former employees. I love it. So thank you for training them up so well. It's my amazing. Uh, <laughs> but how have you made yourself available for the for, for these students that may only work at your restaurant for one or two years? A lot of them aren't going to make a career out of Chick-fil-A. So it, it may seem like, you know, an investment like, wow, I don't know if I should invest with them for the short period of time they're going to be here. But how have you made yourself available to you know, students that are working in your restaurant and to be able to help them achieve their goals? Yeah, I think about two things when I think about that. I think of one of what Chandra said earlier about kind of 80-20. I spend most of my time with the the 20% of my leadership team. Mm-hmm. And so with them, we spend a lot of time on the second part of it is culture. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time on what we want our culture to be like, what we want our culture to feel like, what we want our team members to feel like. We want every single team member that comes into our restaurant to feel cared, known, mm-hmm. and loved. And so we want to make sure that everybody from the top down is being able to feel that. And so with that, we do a lot of things that help kind of put systems and accountability to make sure that we are always doing that within the organization. And so for me personally, I like to be really clear with people. Because I'm busy and I do own a restaurant, I like to be clear on where my boundaries are at and what things I can do. Mm -hmm. And I want to be clear on what I want for them. And so Mm -hmm. I think sometimes understanding what I want for them is first listening to what they want. Mm -hmm. And I think as I've gotten older, I've realized that I used to think I knew right away looking at them that I would know what I want from them. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I need to pause for a minute and listen to what they really want. Because sometimes I would want things for them that they potentially didn't want for themselves. And so when I listen to them, I can come alongside better. I can find resources and tools for them better. And I can help them go on staff to Christ Fellowship. And (laughs) (laughs) thank you. (laughs) My pleasure. Do other things. And so I just think it's part of who we are. And so we want to continue to kind of reach out to the next generation. And we want to continue to love on them and care for them and make sure they know, like I said, that they're known, cared, and loved for. I love that. I love that. You know, you started off by talking about mentors that had shaped you mm-hmm. and 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 really poured into you. And now to see that you are actually being shaped by those who are being, that you are pouring into. Yes. So those who poured into you have shaped you, and now you're actually being shaped by those who you're helping to shape, which is so beautiful because it just yes. talks about, you know, how there is just this continual outflow that relationships, it just it just speaks to the power of relationship, right? And and I love that. And I love what you said. It's about listening. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times as mentors and coaches, we think that it's about us giving our wisdom and our, you know, our, our endless wisdom and advice. And yet you don't know what advice to give unless you're listening first. Mm-hmm. And that that's so powerful when it comes to mentoring and coaching. Yeah. So that's great. So Chandra, what about you? You know, when it comes to how you've been shaped about mentoring with, what about you, how you've been shaped by mentoring and coaching relationships? Well, I think the way I was mentored has made a profound impact on why I coach and I try to lead at, in our team at work and also the young people at Palm Beach Atlantic University. As a young Christian, I was fortunate to be mentored by a group of very spiritually mature women in a home Bible study, and our leader was a gal named Jackie Kendall. And she taught me not only how to study the Bible, but she gave me the confidence to lead my own Bible study and just provided good, sound wise advice over the years. And what I'm so grateful for is not just all that information, but that she took time out of her schedule mm-hmm. to to do that for me. Mm-hmm. And I was 
nobody. I mean, there was no reason she should mm-hmm. do that, but she just did. And, you know, I'm just so grateful for that. And and I realize how valuable that particular asset is, somebody's time. And and so when, when I talk, you know, when I've talked to young people about when you're looking for a mentor, consider that too, because, yeah. you know, sometimes people, mm-hmm. business people in particular can be really busy and, you know, they may want to mentor you, but they may not be able to because time is a, is a big factor. But I'm very grateful to Jackie for that. Now, these days, though, I, I've talked about my life team and the unique aspect of it is we are kind of co-mentors. So these women that I get together with maybe once a month or so, usually individually, we co-mentor each other in that sometimes they will be uh, a mentor to me and other times I may be a mentor to them. And the great thing about that is that we are intentional about helping one another grow and hold each other accountable. And Mm -hmm. I've always said, without accountability, I cannot grow. And if I'm not growing then more than likely I'm backsliding and going backwards. You know, in Hebrews, it talks about not neglecting to meet together and to encourage one another. And, you know, that's always been part of the goal of having these life groups. But more than anything, it's the accountability because Mm -hmm. I need that. and, And two, if you get together regularly and share one another's lives, then you can pray for each other. Mm -hmm. And the great thing now is technology makes it such that if I'm having a fabulous day and I just want to share it, I don't have to go onto Instagram or Facebook. I can just text one of my life team members and say, hey, this fabulous thing happened mm. today. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm in a crisis, it's like I can text them all as a group and say, would you please pray right now because you know something's about to happen and I need your immediate attention. Mm. And that goes back once again to that whole issue of time right. and making yourself available, whether it be to somebody you're mentoring or vice versa. You know, I know that these mentoring relationships have improved my life, but and I just want to be able to do the same, to give back the way it's been given to me. And whether it be through a Bible study or coaching the team at Chick-fil-A, sharing leadership principles as we just did in Africa, Nicole, or encouraging and supporting Christ-based education in the community, what I know is that I find I learn so much if I'm mentoring someone else. And I know you guys will agree with this. I never discount the fact that someone may be younger or less experienced because I think, Lisa, you were just saying, or one of you was saying, uh, Nicole, you were saying that if you listen, oh my gosh, there's so much you can learn. And when you take the time to listen to somebody that you think you're mentoring, you're actually just sharing Mm -hmm. and learn so much. But what it also does is for the person who's speaking that just tells them what they're saying is valuable mm. and that what they think is is important and and expressing it mm-hmm. is important. And I think a lot of times we just try to do things on our own mm-hmm. because the society kind of encourages independence, you know, yeah. and, and and all of that. But but when you share something magical happens, mm-hmm. whether you're the mentor or you're being mentored, yeah. you know, it it is. It's magic and it once again, it strengthens and deepens relationships, and it helps you grow as a person. I love that. Yeah. So I, you know, Pastor Julie, you talk about this Bible verse all the time about those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish even into their old age. Yes. Yeah. yes. And so that One version says they'll be fat and flourishing mm-hmm. even in their old age. I want to go with the other <laughs> version. But, you know, that has actually been my, um, I've been at Christ Fellowship my whole adult life. Now, I haven't been on team the whole time, but I have planted in this house. And longevity, there's beauty in longevity. Mm -hmm. 
I was able to share my story about some childhood things that are very traumatizing to me of just not knowing my father. And and it was even in just the quietness of that journey mm-hmm. that my leaders, you, Pastor Julie, shouldered that burden with me before mm-hmm. it was ever a testimony. And sharing that kind of weight, that mentorship, that pastoring in my life was just so beautiful. And to the it took almost 20 years for that to be my testimony because God had a lot of work to do. But for me, because of that, I've learned how to mentor, care for, pastor, love people with gentleness and mm-hmm. consistency mm-hmm. on the long haul yeah. of healing. I had a long journey of healing, and it still actually flares up and causes problems in my life. But but there's been such patience mm-hmm. with me. You've extended patience with me as a friend and as my pastor and leader. But I don't know that you know how to do that if I would have uh, removed myself Mm -hmm. from the house. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when you take yourself out of one house and you put yourself in another house, then you put yourself in another house, you can actually share the same pitiful story over and over again. (laughs) And there's no like growth with it. It's like taking the plant out of a pot and keep... Now, I kill plants doing this Mm -hmm. because I've tried to repot a plant and it dies. And so... But mm-hmm. being planted here, like that verse is for real for me. Mm-hmm. That is like my life. Mm-hmm. And that is being planted here that people have been consistent mm-hmm. and long-suffering mm-hmm. and patient and gentle, allowing me to have an identity crisis <laughs> here and there. And just and so to me, I want to extend that same thing. And I mm-hmm. actually believe that's what I spend a lot of my time doing is extending patience mm-hmm. and being available to listen to people that are in hard places. Yeah. And I have a, a high tolerance for people's shenanigans in life. <laughs> I do. I do like playing shenanigans on people, but I have a, I do. I love that. And, but I have people who are in bad places and hard places, whether they intentionally got mm-hmm. there on their own choices or with life happened and got them there. Yeah. Um, so I think my, my story being planted and people helping me has totally shaped how I then in turn Mm -hmm. mentor and Mm -hmm. pastor and care for others. If you want to connect with some friends and dig deeper into the content from the podcast today, we've created a resource just for you. It's called Show Notes Plus. And Show Notes Plus gives you access to the notes from today's episode, discussion questions, key scripture verses, and links to additional resources, and even some devotionals. So make sure you click the link in our show notes so you don't miss out on the chance to dive deeper. I think that you hit on so many so many things right there. There's so many layers to that. But I think too, um, when we think about mentoring relationships, when you're planted, you have to go through many seasons. You know, we've been through, you and I have been through many seasons in our relationship. We've gone through seasons of, you know, small children. Now we're empty nest season. But being planted means that you're going to go through many seasons and there will be seasons that you don't feel like you're flourishing. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about, you know, in the in the winter, a tree that is going to produce fruit in the spring does not look or feel like it's flourishing, mm-hmm. but it, it takes time and longevity. Even mentoring relationships, there are going to be times, and even in a mentoring relationship or a coaching relationship, when something might be said that doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that it isn't good. Correct. Right? It doesn't feel good, but that doesn't mean that it isn't good. Some things that don't feel good are actually really, really great because they cause us to Mm -hmm. grow. And, you know, Lisa, when you you were talking about just 
your your propensity to be able to walk with people through really hard things. And, and I've watched this in you. And I, I think that one of the things that I think is so beautiful is that everything that you said just then, I can't even remember our conversation. I can't remember what I said in those seasons. Mm. But I think for all of us as mentors to remember that people aren't always going to remember what we say, but they're always going to remember how we made yeah. them feel. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're always going to walk away. Yes. Do they feel loved? Yep. Do they feel mm-hmm. seen? Do they feel known? I, I thought, I'm tagged back to that, Nicole, because I thought that was so profound because you have to make chicken sandwiches too. You know, you don't get to just sit around and like, and hug each other all day. But it, but again, it's foundational. Do they feel loved, known, seen? And then they're going to make really great chicken sandwiches if they, if they can just experience yep. that. And so this is such at the heart of, of mentoring and coaching in the body of Christ. And when we take that even to people that don't even know they're experiencing a portion of the kingdom of God because they don't even know God yet, mm. but when they get a taste of it, that it opens the door for us to be able to speak even more beautifully and more powerfully into their lives. And mm. so, so we've all, I mean, we're sitting around this table and because each one of us have been planted and, and we actually have been blessed with relationships, right? With relationships that have shaped us with great mentors and great people that have gone before us. Now, that's not to say that that we haven't also experienced probably some hurt in the church too, right? So we've all experienced it. If we're, we're all human. The church is made up of imperfect people. So we've, if, if you, you know, we've, we've all been hurt probably before. But when you think about the relationships that that the good so far outweighs the bad, yeah, right? right? And the mentoring, coaching, and people that have gone before us that have invested in us just have shaped all of us. And so someone out there might be listening and they may not even know how to find the relationships that we're talking about, how to find a mentor and how to even how, how to even begin to take the first step into a relationship that's going to help them to be able to step into the future God has for them. So what are some guiding principles? If someone's looking for a mentor right now, a coach, what are some guiding principles that you would have for them? I'm going to start with you, Nicole, because you're so good at this. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I have a list of seven things that I like to tell all my new leaders. Leaders will come to me and they want to move up and they'll ask me, how do I do this? And these are kind of the seven things that I'll say to them is, number one, be curious and keep asking questions even when you feel like you've received a lot of no's. Two, chase your dreams. Mm -hmm. Many people told me I couldn't be a Chick-fil-A operator or even own my own freestanding restaurant. Mm -hmm. Three, keep looking for all the right yeses. Mm -hmm. And four, surround yourself with people who are heading the direction you want to go. Ask them questions and study Mm -hmm. what they do and take tips from them on how you can get better. And then five, don't be afraid to be the only person doing something. The person who says yes to opportunities has a better chance figuring out what they want to do than the one that's sitting on the sidelines watching. Wow. Okay. And then six, try everything. You won't know what you like until you figure out what you don't like. And then seven, which is a motto for me, is don't be scared. Mm-hmm. Everyone is scared at some point. Yeah. You're never going to be alone. God's right. always with you, and other people mm-hmm. are always with you also. Wow, I love that. And that's, that's such great wisdom to give, especially as you're helping you know, a younger person be able to figure out with this wide open world available to them, mm-hmm. what what do what, how do I even take my next step? And that's so great. And I think you hit on something that that in each one of these seven things that you said, that you're going to have many mentors. And you said it earlier that we can learn from anyone, mm-hmm. right? We can learn from anyone, and really taking the lessons that 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 are set before us and being able to be intentional about learning from each person that God puts in our path. 
So, okay, yeah. who's next? I would say most of my mentoring relationships were in community or serving. I don't mm-hmm. know that I had over my lifetime, my adult lifetime of 25 years that I went, I have one mentor and they invested all this. It was more I'm rubbing shoulders in the trenches, mm-hmm. not on the benches, mm-hmm. working with, serving with people that I caught mm-hmm. a lot instead of just like I'm watching that. And I want to do that, which brings me to, I think we need to identify people and leaders that we want to emulate. Right. We want to be like them. Mm-hmm. And so I actually remember seeing Miss Donna mm-hmm. years ago. She would, I would say in my early years, she was a, a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. I never had coffee with her. I never had a one-on-one meeting with her, but I watched her mm-hmm. and her graciousness mm-hmm. with people. And I saw her tucking in. Um, money in people's pockets. And mm-hmm. I knew she had like 20s and I didn't go steal anything out of her Bible, but I knew she had 20s <laughs> in there. But she would just, that gentleness and mm-hmm. kindness to people that I watched, and I'm like, I want to be like that. Yeah. So I ended up, I love this idea that we can create a mentoring memoir. Mm-hmm. So when wow. we see things, we write them down and we oh. say, I want to do, I want to be like Pastor Julie in this area. I noticed how gracious she is with people when they're difficult or whatever. I've noted this about Nicole. I want to be like, this, mm-hmm. like take those things. And I did this with parenting as a young mom. I actually had no mentorship mm-hmm. as a young mom. I didn't live near my family. And so I just didn't have that. And I took the best pieces of all the moms around me mm-hmm. and I allowed them to mentor me. And I had really wow. a mentoring memoir. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I say do that. I love that. Yeah. Mentoring Good. memoir, that's yeah. powerful. Mm, it is. And then you can go back and look on that yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, reflect. One of the things I like to say is just be bold, be proactive rather than reactive. And I do agree, Lisa, that, you know, when you are in the trenches with people, you know, it's wonderful to to see, to get great ideas on how I would like to be and that kind of thing. But to take that a step further, I think, as Nicole said, too, don't be afraid to approach someone and say, hey, would you mentor me? And, you know, be specific about that. You know, consider their time, but be specific and and maybe say, you know, Julie, I really want to be better about praying. You know, would you mentor me on praying? Because you pray mm-hmm. so well. And, you know, and, and whenever you do, I feel like, oh, my gosh, Holy Spirit, you know. <laughs> and, and I think if you do that, then you have to be prepared because they may say no because they don't have the time. But they may say yes, and and if that's the case, who knows? You know what kind of relationship you're going to have with this particular individual. A member of my life team, I saw her in. She was speaking at a public relations conference, and I said, "This woman wants to grow personally." And I said, "I'm just going to call her," mm-hmm. and I did. I called her and said, "Listen, I'm looking. I, it's hard to find other growth-oriented women." And would you like to go have lunch? That was three years ago. We have lunch once a month now. And she's just been, you know, such an encouragement to me. And I hope that I've been an encouragement to her as well. But the one thing I do want our listeners to know, especially if you're younger, that you're never too young to be a mentor. Um, And that teaches you about what mentoring is all about. So as you seek one, then you know just because you're in middle school doesn't mean you can't That's mentor right. someone mm-hmm. who maybe is in your own class or maybe in a class I mean, below you. Because First Timothy you know, 4.12 says, don't let anyone look down on you because of your youth. And the one thing I've discovered as I get older is older is not necessarily wiser. Wise older <laughs> people make mistakes too, and yes. they have plenty to learn. And I'm one of those. <laughs> that was so good. And a theme that I've seen running through this entire conversation is first that 
all three of you, none of you have one mentor mm-hmm. that you go, they were my mentor, the end all, be all of mentors. No, we have many mentors, right? And one of the things I've tried to do is whatever area that I have a deficit in, I want to get a mentor in. So That's I remember good. I when I was first married, I needed a mentor that was going to show me how to honor my husband because I, I had never seen that. And so I got an honor mentor. If you feel like you need to be more generous, a generosity mentor, mm-hmm. a parenting mentor, I think whatever area that we need help in, we can find a mentor. And it might not always be a human sitting down and having lunch. It might be a book that we read. Mm-hmm. It might be, you know, if that's where you have to start, start somewhere. But I do believe that God does put people in our lives to be able to help us with with some of these areas, right? That we're going to have face-to-face, heart-to-heart conversations, and our lives are going to be richer, and their lives are going to be richer because of the community that we built together. It's going to build into our purpose, and it's going to, over time, build the kingdom of God. And I am so grateful for the three of you who are doing that in so many women's lives that you are invested and that it truly is given, I, I know for each of you, you're given so many women courage to be able to step into what God has for them and their purpose and their calling. And so as we kind of close this down, I speaking of mentors, I would love to hear one of the best pieces of mentoring advice that you have ever been given. And I'll start with Nicole. Yeah, I can think of two of them I'm going to give you. Good. The first Bonus. one is my mom. Mm-hmm. And she always said to me, put God first and reach mm-hmm. for the stars. You can do anything you set your mind to. And then the second one is from our founder of Chick-fil-A, Truett Cathy. And he said, how do you know someone needs encouragement? And his answer was, they're breathing. Yeah. And so it kind of just takes me back to the original thought that I had at the beginning was love God and love people. And I think right. those two pieces of advice help me remember that. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mine is actually from a longtime friend of mine. When I moved here, my daughter bit her son in nursery. And that was my daughter, Alex, bit your son, Julie Jefferson, and just bit a plug out of his arm. And so in that (laughs) moment, you gave me wisdom. And this is what it was, is Lisa, we have a lifetime of awkward moments. This is just the beginning. And so you had so much (laughs) grace for me. Prophetic. It was prophetic. Yes, that's right. So that's my, and it's true. Yeah. And it was, that was an awkward moment. And you had so much grace that my daughter Bet Jefferson and Jefferson was gracious too, but it, it is true. And yeah. and long longevity mm-hmm. does produce a lot of awkward moments, yes. and you press through them, don't give up. But it's worth it. Yeah, it's Good. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I love that. Honestly, the the best advice I've ever heard and applied in my life is always scriptural. It's mm-hmm. always scriptural, and I read a lot of leadership books too. And you and I'll discover that oh. That's from the Bible. You know, like, you know, one of the the best relationship advice I've ever heard is seek first to understand from Stephen Covey, which, of course, you know, is biblical. Consider right. others better than yourself. <laughs> you know, my best work advice, and, and I clung to this during many a day when I was working, thinking, what am I doing here, is from Colossians, you know, that whatever you do, do it with all of your heart as though you were working for the Lord and not for man. And when you that. have that perspective, it's like, I am here for a reason. So, yeah, the best advice is biblical. I love that. That's so good. Well, ladies, this has been such a powerful conversation, and I can't wait for our listeners to glean the wisdom that you've shared about intentionally investing in community so that we can build the kingdom. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the show. 
Thank you for joining us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, or leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good. 